We're building the underlying infrastructure of, say, any kind of marketplace. Think of an art marketplace as our first MVP, right? Because that's what most people wanted was an art marketplace. So you have to have minting technology, right? You have to have the ability to store stuff and so forth. All of that is infrastructural and it's in the box part. Welcome to the Cardano Source Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and on this weekly podcast, I catch up with a range of Cardano innovators, thought leaders, and changemakers who are using Cardano to make an impact within the world of cryptocurrency and beyond. As Charles Hoskinson puts it, we are Cardano, and if you'll permit us, we'd like to change the world. If that sounds like you, then make sure to subscribe, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome everyone to the Cardano Source Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and today we're joined by Rich Kopcho, lifelong entrepreneur slash cryptopreneur these days, probably. And in terms of Cardano, he's also a Project Catalyst participant who recently received Fund3 funding for the proposal Comprehensive NFT Framework Collaboration. And I believe there's a continuation of that Fund4, 5, and 6, so keep an eye out for, for that as well. So, Rich, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Blaine. No worries at all. So, this episode's obviously got to be focused around NFTs, and, and there's a bit of hype and buzz around uh, NFTs at the moment. If you're in crypto, you'll be well aware of you know NFT, the acronym, and non-fungible tokens. If you're not in crypto, I imagine NFTs have probably been a gateway for a lot of people to enter this space. It's, there's a lot of attention generally around NFTs. So I'd love to kind of dive into that and why it's so popular at the moment. And then we'll uh, elaborate a bit more on your Catalyst proposal and what the future looks like for that. But to kick us off, can you please do a quick intro on who you are, what you do, your background, all of that kind of stuff? Sure, sure. So um, I've been an entrepreneur before entrepreneuring was cool. <laughs> nice, Even before nice. I could sell it, probably. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, going back to the early 80s, um, I, was, uh, I joined a startup as one of the very early employees. And uh, this is where three guys took their mortgages, threw it into the business, and bet it, bet it all. And it was in the... Um, the early days of computer chips and you know personal computers and so their technology was around um, thin film deposition you know laying the film on the silicon mm -hmm. and they were building the power supplies that did all of that and so i got a really quick education on technology in, the, in those early days yeah so that was your your first kind of entrepreneurial endeavor yeah well before that i started a um a window washing business and yeah. um, before that i was a paper boy and so paper ah. boys are, are entrepreneurial well we <laughs> share similarities with the paper boy i did the paper rounds and now also yeah. kind of crypto so interesting evolution of your entrepreneurship there so um then you know as i was working with these guys there was this one magnetic product that went into the thing that we couldn't get built it was very difficult to build and so uh, being entrepreneurial, I said, hmm, I bet you I could make those. And I started a little manufacturing business in my basement, um, manufacturing those toroids. And um, I did that actually for about 10 years, long after I, I left 
that company, I still had the manufacturing company spun up. And um, I went to another another startup. That one failed. That was right around the time that the Challenger blew up in the mid in midair. That was pretty sad occurrence. And I remember that explicitly because that startup failed at that time also. And then okay. um, went to another startup and um, I was had this little manufacturing business and they needed prototypes. So I was manufacturing prototypes for that startup. And then I started doing some more things on my own. We, okay. HP um, bought that company and uh, I started a, a manufacturing consulting business with the guy who wrote the book, High Mix, Low Volume Manufacturing. That was in the mid 90s. And um, we consulted for about 10 years in Holonic. Uh, manufacturing technology. Interesting. So you've been a busy man. You've kind of dabbled in a range of different things, it seems. Yeah. And then while I was having, when, when, when while we did that consulting business, I started a couple more companies. And um, the interesting thing about Holonics is that that's the essence or the baseline of what DAOs are today, right? Oh, so, and can you say that name again? Holonics. Yeah, Holonics, H-O-L-O-N-I-C. Okay, so if people Google that, they can kind of learn about learn about that. So there's similarities with that to to Dow. Yep the um the the base word holon comes from this book Arthur Kessler's The Ghost in the Machine in 1967, and the holon is a hole and a part at the same time, like an ion is a part, right? So on means part. part. Yeah, so whole part. So if you think of your heart as a whole, but it's a part of your overall body or system. Interesting. And we could probably think of humans as a whole, but it's also a part in the large ecosystem, that kind of idea. Exactly. And you, gotcha. you, you get it. Yeah. And so he postulates in there about social systems and hierarchies and heterarchies going all the way through nature and so forth. That technology we implemented for 10 years in um, major manufacturers around the world. Down mm -hmm. in your neck of the woods, um, British Aerospace in uh, Adelaide was one of our oh. clients where we, we, we taught that technology. Okay, interesting, interesting. So the NFTs, so your proposal on Catalyst, is this your first uh, you know, exposure to entrepreneurship and cryptocurrency? Is this kind of your first? Oh, no, no. No, no? <laughs> no. Probably like 2013, it was either 12 or 13. You know, I've been in the entrepreneur ecosystem for many, many, many years. And so I have a profile out on like AngelList and so forth. And somebody approached me back then asking me if I want to work on a, a crypto wallet. And so that was really the first of it. I was actually pretty involved in another startup at the time. Um, so we actually didn't go very far with it, but um, he had the basis of a wallet and he sent me some doji coin. And <laughs> so that was, that was one of, one of the yeah. first. Uh, so 2012, that was uh, a fair few moons ago and do doji coin, doji coin. I don't know what the, how it's supposed to, you know, I hear different yeah. pronunciations of that, but I guess. Back then I thought it was doji. <laughs> yeah, doggy, doggy, doji, doge. Anyways, it's it's mooning at the moment, <laughs> moody at the moment. Actually, while it has been mooning, maybe it's going back down. But um, anyways, the, the so the NFTs, um, before we dive into some more details around that, for those that aren't super familiar with the concept, when you talk about non-fungible versus fungible, what does that actually mean? What is the difference between the two? And why is a non-fungible token kind of like a big deal? Yeah, 
it's really quite easy. All you have to do is is um, Google fungible and it will give you a very good explanation of what's fungible. Like a dollar bill is fungible because it's exchangeable between, it doesn't matter what serial number dollar bill you have, you mm-hmm. can, who can exchange it. Same thing with the, the lira and the pound, right? They're fungible. But um, something that's non-fungible is you cannot swap one for one. So I can't swap this uh, battery pack for this phone one for one. So these would be non-fungible in in that sense. However, if I had a lot of battery packs that were pretty much the same, those would be fungible amongst themselves. Gotcha. It really just depends on the, um, the use case. On use cases though. So when a lot of people think of NFTs, they might think of like collectibles, arts, you know, NBA top shot, LeBron's James kind of slam dunking it. But there is a bit more to it than that, isn't there? What are, what are some use cases for NFTs? And that's the stuff that's that's hyping right now, right? And um, you kind of expect that. That's a, a really um, interesting use case. The idea with NFTs, especially in the art, music, and so forth, people want to interact with an NFT, right? Mm. So with CryptoKitties, that was one of the very first ones that people could somewhat interact with because maybe they could mate them and so forth. Um, and that's the real holy grail is being able to interact with your NFT. If you think about um, the stuff that Jesse Powell did in the early days in gaming, you know, having tokens that you can swap, you know, maybe a sword, something you can use. That's really the the, the utility or the, the, the fun part of NFTs. Well, we're right now in a bubble with the art stuff you know, and some of it's even like almost akin to insider trading, right? Mm. Where they're hyping the thing and then going and buying it, right? Yeah. 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 And so there's a lot of that going on, but um, it just proves that there is a market for these kinds of things, uh, whether it's artificial or not. Um, there is a market. People are interested in it. And so the way I look at it is um, we're going to go through this bubble. It's going to come back down and then it's going to flatten out. Right. And then it's going to grow to a trillion dollar business. But it's not necessarily all going to be art. You ask about the other use cases. Think of insurance contracts. Think of warranties. Mm. Think of ticket sales, anything that you want to uh, provably know that uh, it has province and that it's one of a kind, right? And, you know, ticket scalping is a big deal. So what if you were able to just have all your tickets as NFTs provable on the blockchain, Mm. right? That kind of thing. So there's a lot of use cases that are, that um, is why we're building NFT um, framework. How that got started was, I was looking at the catalyst proposals for fund three and there were 42 different proposals for NFT marketplaces. And it didn't make sense for the Cardano community for us to fund 42 mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. So as an ADA holder, I'm like, I don't want to like buy 42 of these things when I can buy one of them. Right. Yeah. And everybody could use it. So that was the genesis of the um, fund three proposal. I mean, which makes sense. It's, it works. It's beneficial in a couple of ways. It's beneficial where the Cardano people vote for a proposal. Each, each of these energy proposals kind of get a piece of the pie uh, in this uh, example. And then also when you guys all combining forces, you're all feeding off each other. All these ideas are bouncing off each other in that collaboration aspect. 
which is also very beneficial as well. Like I'm a big believer in collaboration. It's works on so many, so many levels. So yeah, I think it's, um, when I first saw that proposal, I was like, this is, yeah, this is a, a good, good idea. Yeah. Well, how did that happen is I've been hosting the, and producing the Wyoming hackathon. You know, we put in about 20 different laws, um, not me personally, but all the legislators and Caitlin Long and Tyler Lindholm and those guys um, put in 40 or 20 different legislative things, making it the crypto haven of the United States, right? Mm -hmm. And then the speedy banks and so forth. So I've been helping there produce the Wyoming hackathon for the last, since its inception. And, you know, Charles has been one of the mainstays coming and offering challenges for developers. And um, in 2020, when the Catalyst stuff started, I was in the throes of producing the hackathon, which happens in September and um, in the whole stampede. So I wasn't able to participate in fund one um, Catalyst. And then in fund two, what we did is we actually put the winners of the hackathon Cardano stuff into Catalyst. So our winners at the hackathon were Liquid and uh, FunTrack, uh, Len and uh, DC. And they, one of the requirements we had was they had to go into the Catalyst uh, proposal process. Gotcha. And so they then got funded through Catalyst. So I didn't get to actually do anything except some commenting in Fund 2 because I was still in the middle of the hackathon. And uh, Fund 3, I said, well, I wanted to be a, a good Cardano citizen, and they're trying to stand up the Catalyst program. So I need to go in and put some ideas in, and I did in each of the each of the areas, and then I put some proposals in, and I'm scratching my head, saying, <laughs> hmm, "What would be a good proposal for the mm. the DAP stuff?" And it was really not um, anything more than just being participative and making sure that that I helped in the process of that experiment. Yeah, and people just loved that particular proposal and started glomming onto it and um, resonating with it. And so I didn't actually set it up to be a DAO in the first place. I just set it up as a collaborative effort. Right? Is let's all get together and build it once instead of forty-two times. Mm -hmm. And some of the people came in and said, "Hey, this could be a DAO." Yeah. Well, that making it a DAO kind of pushes that collaboration to an even higher level, right? Because you're not just collaborating with your immediate team, you're collaborating with the larger community as a whole. So it's exactly, um, yeah. Mm. So you've received funding now. What what is the the plan of attack now? What what's on what's on the roadmap for you guys? Sure. Well, the funding doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. To be clear, um, because we decided early on that we're moving forward, funding or no funding. Mm. Right? It's just been a catalyst, the funding. Yeah, I mean, it, there was no turning back after, you know, after people just started loving the idea and started coming in and contributing. We set up a Discord for that. And um, uh, right now there's over 300 people in our Discord. There's, um, we have an Airtable with active participants. There's 30 plus active participants in the in the DAO, um, working on software, marketing, uh, business plans, uh, governance, all kinds of pieces and parts. So it's moving forward. And then we got funded finally in fund three. 
Mm-hmm. And so we don't have the funds yet. They're putting them out and, you know, in the dribs and drabs to see, you know, if, if we're actually going to do something. But we're yeah. already done with um, probably close to 75% of everything we said we were going to do in um, in fund three is well, well done in process. Like one of the big pieces was getting the governance stuff right. Mm-hmm. And um, we're building a contribution token to give back to those people who are contributing. And uh, that'll eventually turn into a governance token. Gotcha. So what's our plan? You want to know that? Mm-hmm. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're building the framework and we're building it as a composable framework that anybody can use. We don't have competitors. There are no competitors in our world, right? Everybody's a collaborator, right? So if you think of other people who are building similar stuff, we don't think of them as competitors. We think of them as um, other other players in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is building this framework, what we call the boxcar, riding Mm -hmm. on the rails of Cardano. And this boxcar can carry any business opportunity along, right? So early on, we had several people who were trying to build art marketplaces come and join us um, because they want to stand their marketplace up. But our infrastructure will be open source and usable by all of the community. So we're just encouraging collaboration and we're not really trying to compete with anybody. Okay, so in terms of, say, if you're to present a, a DAP, what would that DAP kind of look like? If I was to open that DAP up on my on my phone, how would I interact with that? Yeah, it's more like um, infrastructure, right? Okay. So we're, build, we're building the underlying infrastructure of, say, any kind of marketplace. Think of an art marketplace as our first MVP, right? Because that's what most people wanted was an art marketplace. So you have to have minting technology, right? You have to have the ability to store stuff and so forth. All of that is infrastructural and it's in the boxcar. And as we expand into fund four, um, we start working with other other people in the um, ecosystem. So we've uh, got a good relationship with mutual knowledge. Francois and Alex and, and those guys are joining in on our fund four proposals and they're helping us to draw in the ETH world. Okay. Because we're building, we're building connectors to the ETH world with the Glow technology so okay. that they can start using pieces of the boxcar, right? And we can start moving some of the ETH projects into the um, ecosystem. We're also thinking about the ocean, right? Yep. all of the other developers. We've already drawn in a lot of um, developers that have never really worked on Cardano, some Haskell developers, um, some OGs that um, that are new to the blockchain space and so forth. The OG, Cardano OGs, the IOGs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, nice. So for someone that's trying to still wrap their head around I guess, um, what you're doing, are there any similar, like comparable NFT projects out there in the crypto universe? Like, is it like a wax? Is it like a rareable? Is it like an open sea, like a flow? Are there any similar projects out there where people know already that they can be like, okay, this is kind of what you're trying to do roughly. Sure. It's like all of those, right? All of those. Um, Yeah. Each one of those kinds of marketplaces is a little bit different. 
as a little bit of its own speciality. Like um, with wax, our original proposal was about, you know, let's attack a wax-like perspective. And wax, not from the standpoint of its um, blockchain and so forth, you know, but from its ease of use, it's probably one of the easier ones to, you know, go and work on to, you know, set something up very quickly. And it's pretty open in terms of who can uh, put something on there. Like with Rarible and those, some of these, they um, require um, you be vetted as an artist and so forth. So um, the wax analogy was more about the ease of use and yep. um but they're all marketplaces of one sort or another right and yep. open then is um, like a little bit different in that it allows a bunch of different marketplaces to connect to it um, so it's more like an, an api approach to hey all of us we're all here you can mm -hmm. find us all on PC. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's, it's not we're not really trying to do that. We're trying to build a uh, MVP right now that is um, a framework that Joe can put his marketplace on. Mary can put her marketplace on. And um, some of them that have uh, been mentioned is you're in Australia. Um, Aboriginal art wants to have a marketplace. In Africa, they want a marketplace for, for African art. They're, the Soment guys came to us early. They have their own special art curation that they want to put on a, on a marketplace. There's just a lot of different ones. So that seemed like the first thing that we build was, but when we're building this, we're also taking into account that it's not just art that people want to sell, mm -hmm. right? There's other, other things. And so the framework has to be um, uh, malleable. Would it have to be, would that box have to be able to cater to the, these different types of NFTs, I guess. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, minting is minting, right? So when you mint something, there's a certain um, uh, process flow that has to be there. But, you know, there's also, I'm going to mint one or I'm going to mint 10,000 like uh, Alessandro did with Space Buds, right? And he, he wants to mint 10,000 of them all at once or he wants to be able to do them in series and pop them out at at a specific time think of a contract the same way right or a, a warranty you're not going to create you know 10,000 warranties and just let them sit there you're going to create them to warranty something at the same time that somebody wants the warranty right yeah gotcha and yeah. alessandro was with us in the very um beginning um, he's on one of our videos as well. Yeah, I've, I saw him on there. Yeah. So if, okay. if someone was they're wanting to... They're kind of cute, those things, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cute. So yeah. if someone was wanting to create their own version of a Space Buds, um, they would be able to do that kind of on this platform. That's kind of the, yes. the idea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and for I, instance, yeah. the, tri the Tribbles. Yeah. The Tribbles are coming. I don't know if you've seen that, but... Um, tribbles. I don't know. Yeah, triples are coming, and uh, Ooh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the um, projects that um, uh, one of our NFT DAO um, participants is building. They're Ooh, building exciting. it with the NFT DAO. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. it's T R Y B B L E S. Nice. I, I've just joined your Discord, by the way, so I'm going to be up to date on all of these things. 
but yeah. no, that's the first time I've heard of, of that. So I need to keep yeah. in this, join your discord and keep, keep in the loop on those ones. Okay. Cause yeah, I imagine there's going to be a lot of, there's a lot of creatives out there. There's a lot of creatives I imagine in crypto and on, on Cardano. And I think there's going to be a lot that are, you know, wanting to do their own space buzz or their own tribbles or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, the, so difference that, the difference with tribbles is interesting because um, it's a technology around the game. Um, and it is a collectible to start mm. with, and it's going to be launched in a series of ways because um, the whole idea was around this particular story. And um, I can't reveal that they they're revealing all of that in their, in in their Telegram feed, their Twitter feed and so forth. Um, yep. But it's leading up to something very, very interesting and a lot different than than um, just you know, a collectible. It's yep. um, it's got more to it than that. Very interesting. And so, with this project catalyst proposal, is there a reason why, kind of taking a step back, why you're wanting to de develop this idea on on Cardano as opposed to another blockchain? Are there some kind of key points why you've chosen Cardano? Yeah. So as as you know, um, I've been around a lot of blockchains. Um, from a, for a long time now, and um, there are a lot of good projects out there. And the one, that, the reason I like Cardano for this is, you know, the low cost of um, participation. You know, the minting fees are low and so forth, but the technology is solid. You know, I, I just like the way Charles uh, approaches this in a scientific method with using some first principles. And I participate, you know, with the University of Wyoming where he set up a lab. I know those guys, those guys have uh, won my hackathon a couple of times. And um, the professors there are, are really, really switched on. And so I just have a lot of confidence in the, the, the product. There's a, a few of them like that, that I have a lot of confidence in. You can't beat building something on a $40 billion infrastructure versus some of these new ones like Flow, where they're like a $10, $10 million, uh, I don't know what they're at right now, but they're just launched, right? Have they found all the bugs yet? I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so there's a combination of, you know, that that really research-based approach, that scientific process, which is a big reason why I like Cardano as well. They're very thorough with what they do. But then you also mentioned the fact that Cardano is, you know, established has got a $40 billion market cap USD or whatever it is. So building on top of that is obviously advantageous because there's a big foundation there. It's, it's kind of like a launch pad in itself when you have that much kind of experience behind it. And also the community, the Cardano community is I think the big thing here that not many people talk about. It's the, the, the community here is so large and also diverse and extensive that everywhere. Yeah, and um, and they're also very cooperative. So the essence of our DAO is being autonomous yet cooperative. We we subscribe to um, DHOC's concepts. DHOC was the Visa guy, the CEO of Visa, founder of Visa, and um, he coined in the early '90s the idea of chaotic systems, which mm -hmm. is the combination of chaos, which you kind of see in the Catalyst pro project, right? chaos but order right what and so when you bring chaos and order together it's chaotic and yeah. at that at that point of chaotic behavior that's when innovation actually occurs and it comes out of the fact that 
you're not constrained because you, you allow things to be chaotic, but at some point you've got to bring some order to it, right? And so that chaotic behavior is one of the early principles of holonic systems as well. And so having implemented that stuff for 10 years in major, you know, Fortune 100 companies, we have a real good sense of that, how to encourage that and try to keep it in a place where innovation can happen. And we're seeing that inside Mm -hmm. of our Discord. There are people that have come and met and started talking about different things and new ideas have come out and new proposals are being spawned from there. A recent one Dimitri is doing with um, Flurry um, and you guys definitely got to vote for that one. That's that's about metadata. It's really shout awesome. out! Shout out to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out also to the um, the Africa stuff with Mercy. There's uh, Phil and Mercy are working on. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it's the um, Africa real estate play right? mm-hmm. NFTs around that. So it's a lot of cool stuff going on that people oh. don't really realize. This is allowing and causing to happen. That's why people need to vote for our Fund Four stuff. You know. What we've noticed with Fund 1 and Fund 2 is those were very, very small. And so there wasn't a lot of participation, right? So you could actually get through all of the proposals and see them all. Fund 3, we're still in that place where you could kind of see the ones that are all in there and kind of pick and choose. Fund 4 is a crazy amount of, of stuff for any one voter to get through. And you really, you know, have to rely on like community advisors who at this point, you know, in the game haven't really matured to the point where they were open, fair and honest about things. There was some, some monkey business going on and all of that stuff. You know, the, uh, the VCAs are culling that out and trying to make all of that stuff. Right. So people have to use their, um, their insight to get through the ones that are are real proposals where people are actually doing stuff that's that's good and exciting but some of those really good ones are buried and you can't find them mm. and so they'll not get voted up and and so forth and so it's, that's that's the shame of catalyst right now because it's in this chaotic or this chaos yeah part without and, order yet yeah the CAs and and door and team are are, are working on bringing the order right mm-hmm. and it'll happen as we as we mature even further but it's it's kind of like teamwork right and uh storming forming norming and performing right yes. and so you're you're in this storming and forming stages with catalyst you haven't gotten to norming and performing yet mm. and so so it's on that trajectory where they'll start norming and then It'll be very clear, you know, a lot of work has been put into the CA stuff and the red tickets, yellow tickets, hopefully by fund five, you know, we'll see a lot better um, selection process of the really good stuff rising to the top. Yeah. Yeah. I think for those listening, if you're a fan of Cardano, which you probably are since it's a Cardano focused podcast, but if you haven't already join project catalyst on idea scale, I think it is. And, and just participate in this community. Uh, I, the first one that I participated in was fun three. And I remember when the voting went live, it was like 3am in Perth. And I remember I set alarm 
to to wake up and and vote at 3 a.m. and it's just like a ridiculous idea when you can when you contrast that with voting in the real world. Like no, no one is passionate about waking up at 3 a.m. to vote. But yet here I am, and I'm sure I, I know that there are other people that set their alarms and wake up to vote as well. And that is like that is so exciting for me because this is the world, this is the new world that we are kind of moving into, and it's oh, it's bloody exciting. I'm I'm so keen to see what happens. So yeah, get involved. And in Fund Three, you know, I just put the proposal in by myself, and um, in Fund Four, I put. Uh, I, I in fund three, then we added people uh, as co-proposers. In fund three, we did the same, or fund four, we did the same thing. We just put it under my name, and then um, added the rest of the team members. In fund five, um, all of our proposals went in as the DAO. So the admin at NFT DAO is the um, originator of the proposal. So yep. we're moving towards that that governance model where you know. The problem with the catalyst idea scale is that you kind of lose you lose the um, um, the connectivity of your contribution, and so that's why we in Fund Four we weren't sure how how we should do that. And so, since there was the Fund Three one, we did Fund Four that way. But uh, going forward, NFT DAO is the thing that you need to look for. All of our proposals meet a roadmap. Um, mm -hmm. that we have a larger roadmap that continues to take this idea of the boxcar and build the pieces and parts of it that allow the whole ecosystem to benefit in this open source way. Um, so they all hang together, um, like with our fund four, bringing the um, ability to easily move ETH into the um, infrastructure is an important one where we bring in mutual knowledge and we're going to be partnering with others in the ecosystem. Um, mm -hmm. Like we're, we're working with the Gimbal Labs guys and a couple other folks too. Yeah. Exciting. Okay. So we're, we're nearing the end. So I've only got a couple more questions. And, and one of them is we, we speak of community as being a really important thing uh, with your project and also Cardano in general. So for all the people that want to, who are keen to, learn more about what you're doing and potentially get involved and help out or whatever it may be, how can they connect with NFT DAO? Great question. NFT-DAO.org okay. is the website. And there's a Discord um, link at the bottom and just click that link, jump in, do an intro, tell us what you're interested in. You'll probably be overwelcomed uh, <laughs> because that, that's the way our community is. People will welcome you and make you feel like you're home. And, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of channels. You can find the things you're most interested in doing in your intro. If you just say what you're interested in, people will point you to where to go. We're open. We're an open source project. And so we're, we've got nothing that we don't share openly with everybody. We are holding some stuff back on embargo for our auction that's coming up. Oh, did I say that? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, exclusives dropping on the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Put that in your, put that in your calendar. Yeah, we have a, a, a big auction coming up in the next month or so. And um, then uh, there's the Tribbles launch. 
And then the ticketing system. Oh, did I say that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just dropping all <laughs> these exclusive. Jeez. All right. <laughs> you deserve it, boy. <laughs> oh, join their Discord so you don't miss out on all these. Uh, you get get the first scoop of all these exclusives on Discord. Discord is that the so Discord, and then did you say there's some other channels as well? Well, the, yeah, the, all the channels are open, so you can just join the ones you're interested in. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any other social media platforms though? Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter, and um, we're on um, Telegram, and. And, okay. You know, a bunch of other ones. So. Okay. I don't think we have a Facebook, but that's probably because it's Mark Zuckerberg's fault. Oh, yeah. He's, it's, yeah, uh, it's, he wasn't it's, so centralized, huh? You know, what's up with yeah, that? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, I, I'm not a, like, I use Facebook. Oh, actually, I don't use Facebook. I use Instagram, although not really the last couple of months, but I never really, even though there's a lot of um, issues around, you know, the privacy and stuff like that. It seemed like it was so ahead of the pack that I couldn't see it crumbling, but I can now see it. Um, I I can see it kind of on the downward trajectory, which is for me, like very fascinating where someone that had a lead so big, um, obviously this is just based on, on a hunch. I've, I've got no numbers or anything to back that up, but I've just got a feeling in a sense based on who I speak to and stuff like that. That it's just yeah, it's slowly dying. Things are yeah, things are cyclical, especially in technology. And you know, mm. I've been through maybe four or five big cycles mm. in tech, starting in the early '80s. Right, um, mm. I've seen things come and go. So um, this too will pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To think that these things don't die is um, unrealistic all these things, like you said, they're cycles, they cycles. You know, um, there was a time, there was a time when everybody was putting .com at the end of their business name, you know, and like in terms of advertising it, but blah, 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 .com, like, okay, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> and we don't talk about cloud anymore, but it was a big deal in the nineties about the cloud is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was been here, done that. And it's going to be the same with blockchain, right? blockchain it, nobody's going to be talking about oh it's blockchain no it's just the technology underneath right and then the next big thing ai and and you know all of that stuff is just going you know now that's the hype cycle mm. but it'll just become part of the ecosystem mm. and you just live and without even realizing it's on top of this it's on exactly. the cloud or it's on the blockchain or whatever um okay so on the back to the community part real quick there i'll add all those links into the description wherever i post this on youtube podcast add all those links and for the final question it's a bit of a i want to try and have this question as a as a consistent one on all these episodes because it's kind of like an open-ended big question and it's what excites you the most about the future of cardano is there anything in particular that gets you really excited about this movement. What is it? Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping for decentralized identification to be mm-hmm. a, um, a huge play. And so I do have a uh, fund seven uh, challenge around DID usage. And a lot of, I'm hoping a lot of people will put proposal in, proposals in around DID. I think that's probably the most important thing that we need to um, transition to. Um, for instance, 
uh, I went to get a haircut at um, Great Clips. Great Clips would not, I've been a customer for a long time. I walk in and they want my address. And I'm like, what do you need my address for? Right. So I turned around and left, and went to the barbershop. <laughs> mm. Right. It's, you do not need my address to give me a haircut. So um, it's that, that's the piece of decentralized identification that's really, really necessary. We, uh, we give the data to those people we trust for the purpose that they need it. Yes. Right. And, yeah. and so I'm very excited for what we're going to be able to do on Cardano as an open system around the world and hopefully with DIDs, not just, you know, turning um, whole governments on, but there's all kinds of other organizations, smaller organizations that can benefit. Catalyst itself can benefit from a DID, right? The, the 10,000 plus people, 20,000 plus people in Catalyst could benefit by decentralized identification. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle at Cardano Source. Thanks again, and I hope to see you in the next episode.